0: Welcome to our weekly sermon podcast. This is Executive Pastor Wes Haney. I just want to personally thank you for listening to our messages, and we hope you enjoy this special Vision Sunday message where our leadership team shares the exciting vision the Lord has placed in our heart for this year and beyond. Good morning, everybody. That video was not quite long enough for me to set up everything. Dang it.
1: Okay, let me try. it. Good morning, church. Yes, that's what I'm talking about.
0: Amen. So, uh, like we said... Where's
1: our senior pastor?
0: Well, he got fired. Remember, we told everyone he was getting fired, so... He's out of here. Just kidding. Um, I actually don't know where he is, (laughs) to be honest. I was like, I want to... You guys in the green room, I'll come get you when I'm ready. And then I went in there, and Dennis was like, I'm ready. I'm like, okay.
1: (laughs) All right. Awkward pause.
0: Well, I do want to say... Well, first... Um, yeah, like Dennis said, good morning, church. Uh, I'm literally going to be on stage from the time the service starts to the exact second it ends, so this is, I'm like scrambling to try to get everything good. Um, thank you all for being here, first of all. I know that the uh, weather outside is frightful, uh, ha, ha, ha. Um, but uh, you guys are so delightful for coming. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I normally am not up here during this time, uh, but I am here today with uh, Dennis, uh, apparently just Dennis, (laughs) and uh, yeah, I just want to say, for those of you who are new or who haven't ever been here or haven't been here in a long time, this is not how we normally do the service. Normally, uh, we do uh, announcements, which we're not going to really even have any today, and then we're going to do, we do the sermon, and then we have worship right after that. Oh, he is here.
1: The first time I met Neil, we had a meeting. He stood me up for 40 minutes. First time ever. He's been very faithful to himself.
0: Right I'm now. old. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the reason that, no, I'm kidding. So, all right, yeah, but for those of you who are new, this is not a normal Sunday. So we're gonna talk for a while just about what we feel God's doing, what we know God's doing, um, and, um, yeah, you want to go ahead and pray us in, and then we'll, we can just dive right yeah. into
2: it. Yeah, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this morning. Uh, thank you for this, uh, this group of people that you've assembled here, Father, in spite of the weather. Uh, Lord, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would move and work as we share our hearts this morning. We pray that all of our hearts would be open, that we'd be on the same page with you and that you would accomplish your purposes and your will during this time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Yeah, so I uh, want to kind of bring you guys up to speed with uh, where we've been. Some of you are new to the church in the last uh, few weeks to few months to a few years, and you don't really know much about the history of our church. We were... Uh, uh, a church plant in the 19, early 1960s by a little Mennonite couple that came from West Liberty, Ohio, here to to plant a church around International Harvester as this subdivision called Northridge was being developed. And um, by the mid-70s, we had grown into uh, what I would call a charismatic fellowship. It was uh, Northridge Christian Fellowship was the name of our church. And uh, the Holy Spirit just landed here in the early to mid-70s uh, as the charismatic movement started, and uh, when I came here in the, uh, the late 80s, it was just an amazing place to be. I'd always wanted to be a part of a church where there was the move of the Spirit and gifts of the Spirit were being manifest, and so that was happening. And so uh, in 2000, we, uh, we left the Mennonite Church. In 2002, we became a part of the Association of Vineyard Churches, and uh, that really kind of fit who we were. Uh, you know, if you know anything about the vineyard, very open to the gifts of the Spirit, moving in the power of the Spirit. John Wimber, the founder, was was all about that stuff, and uh, and so for the last twenty years, we have been a part of the Association of Vineyard Churches. Um, we, um, you know, in 1996, I became senior pastor here, and uh, you know, ha- have been senior pastor for I don't, I don't know the last twenty seven years or so. And um, just recently we decided that the Vineyard Association of Churches and our church were kind of diverging and um, uh, really kind of we we were headed in a direction that we feel like God is leading us. And and so uh, at the end of 2002 or 2022, uh, we made the decision to leave the association. Now, that's not a huge uh, uh, departure because um, I was really the one connected to the vineyard. I don't think the church itself ever really got that connected in. It's a loose affiliation of churches, but, you know, it, it, it's more of a we just need to go where God is taking us. And so I want to talk a little bit about these guys um, in nineteen or two thousand and fourteen, I met Dennis, as he said you know forty five minutes late to our meeting but um, we met and and as soon as Dennis and I met, he was working at another church uh, with some of their missions work and um, there was an instant friendship, an instant bond. He became my brother, and we met regularly and just forged a friendship and and From the time I met him, I really wanted to work with Dennis. I really thought it would be wonderful for him to be on staff here. And, um, and so our relationship continued. He started preaching on a pretty regular basis, at least once a month in 2018. And he has brought such a richness. Don't you agree with that? Such a richness, richness to our, our preaching ministry. I just love this brother and, and powerful preacher and, and teacher of the word of God and especially of the gospel of grace. Uh, in, in the 2018 to 2019 uh, period period, Wes and Lily were at another church up in, in Northeast Canton, and they, they were feeling, feeling God calling them away from that church and to something else, and as we were praying about that for them, I really felt like the Lord uh, said to extend an invitation for Wes to come home and, and be our worship leader in our church, and I had no idea that he'd even be open to that, but I felt the Lord stirring me to ask him, and so I did. And he said that's all he's ever wanted to do was to come home and work with me and our church and to be a part of, of what we're doing here. And I'll tell you, we weren't in good shape at that time. In, in uh, 2000, let me just say this. In 2012, um, well, in 2008, our church had kind of reached the pinnacle of its growth. When, when Phil Shank, who was our senior pastor, left in 96 and I became senior pastor, we were about 220. We grew to about 260 in 2008 and then from 2008 to, I don't know, 2018 or something like that, we just were steadily declining in attendance. And by 2012, we went under 200 for the first time to stay. And I was hired because we were going over 200. So I felt like a total failure as a pastor. And uh, I was, my identity was tied to the success of this church and being a pastor, and, uh, and my success as a father and a husband and those kinds of things. And I, I just felt like I was failing in every area of my life. And my identity was tied to my performance. I could teach grace, but I didn't ever really receive it for myself. And so in 2012, I basically had a nervous breakdown. And that was the, the, the worst year of my life. It was the darkest year of my life. And, and by the end of 2012, I was hospitalized um, and... Um, and basically died the first week of December of 2012. In fact, I actually almost took my life that week. I, uh, I was this close to taking a bottle of pills and just disappearing because I thought that everyone would be better off without me. And the first day in that facility in South Columbus, the Lord met me in an amazing way. He sent six Christians to me to minister to me. And the last one gave a prophetic word that I would come back and pastor this church and so from that point forward, the Lord began to resurrect me. And, um, and so it's interesting. I experienced a personal resurrection of grace. I found out that God was my father, not my boss. He was my, um, and I was his son, not his employee. <laughs> and so it didn't matter what the church was doing. I was going to be okay. The church died in 2016. In early 2017, you know, we, the elders said, you know, well, we got to decide, are we going to keep going? Are we dead? Are we, are we, you know, and I really believe prophetically that the Lord was going to resurrect our church. And that's exactly what's happened in the last, uh, from 2016 till now, God has resurrected this church. And it's interesting, we actually grew during COVID. So um, I want to introduce these guys. I just want to say very quickly that we're a team and not a hierarchy. Um, I'm senior pastor simply because I've been here longer and I have gray hair. I've been here 35 years, and it's so a
0: senior discount.
2: I get that. Yeah, I've got a Golden Buckeye card. I've got it somewhere to prove that. But uh, so I'm a senior pastor. Wes came in as our as our worship pastor in, in August of 2019, and I just want to note for you guys that that morning there were 52 people in the sanctuary. 52 people,
0: <laughs> and I remember. Laying in the sound booth as the service was happening, thinking to myself, what have I done? <laughs> I, I was
2: like, God, <laughs> what have I done? And uh, he was like, don't worry. <laughs> it's not what you have done. It's what you will do that counts. And, and Wes has been a tremendous catalyst for everything that you see happening here. And, uh, uh, oh, can God's, I add something?
1: Yeah, when that yes. whole thing started, a lot of things were done by faith. I saw people... <clears throat> who interacted with God in prayer, and they believed God spoke to them, and they really got hold of this word, Mm. and nothing indicated any changes out externally. Like Neil was telling, God told me he's going to resurrect the church, and we we (laughs) were sitting in the coffee shop, and there was like a sunny day right after the snowy day, you know, Ohio, so part of the shade was covered with snow, and part of the grass was already, you know, seen. He said, I feel like this, and I looked at him and I saw faith in his eyes. And I saw God spoke to him. I'm gonna hold on to that too. Yeah. And COVID hit. So yep. externally, nothing was going yeah. for us. Yeah. So there was a small number of people, but, but the difference was their hearts had faith. Yeah. And their, their heart began to have the eyes of faith. Yeah. Later, the majority joins. Because it's easy to join when things are going great with your physical <laughs> eyes, you can observe them. I think today is almost prophetic because of this crazy weather, the minority is here. But I believe this is a strategic minority who would have faith in their hearts.
2: Amen. I love it. So I
1: I think you're here not by accident.
2: Yeah. Amen. All right. Amen. And so welcome, everybody, by the way. Um, Also, uh, Dennis came. So so we we really uh, began to grow. We We grew through COVID. That's how God was resurrecting this church. A lot of churches were dying or declining, and uh, as soon as the governor said, you can meet again, we met because we had plenty of room to social distance here. And we grew from like 60 to 100 by midsummer of, of 2020. It's just unbelievable. And we just kept growing. And, um, and so um, Dennis, uh, like I said, we've always wanted him to come on. He became uh, uh, an elder uh, five months after we hired Wes, and in 2021, in the fall of 2021, uh, Wes asked the question because I had been sick and, and had, a, had actually had some heart issues and they're, they're, it's fine. I had AFib and I got taken care of. But Wes asked me a question, who would be our pastor if you died? And I said, you know, I, I really do think it would be Dennis. And he said, I do too. And so we talked to the elders and we went ahead and asked Dennis if he would come on uh, in a non-paid staff role as associate pastor, and then, in twenty uh, the summer June of 2022 last year, we took a step of faith and we brought Dennis on full time as associate pastor. But you know, we recently in the last couple of months we kind of wrestled with that title. Dennis, or last year, West became when we did Vision Sunday. We announced that West was not just our worship pastor. He's our worship director, but he's our executive pastor because he executes, uh, you know, uh, things that we're, we're trying to accomplish, um, different kinds of projects and, and, and things that, you know, he's just constantly starting things and executing things that have to do with the wineskins of the church and, you know, worship and just things that, that you know, that we wouldn't even think of. I mean, every t- I told Wes last week, every time you have an idea... Things change for the better. I just love that, um, and so, but Dennis's title, associate pastor, made him sound like he carried my lunchbox and pencil. You know what I'm saying? It's like my my flunky, and Dennis is anything but that. And so we're we trying to think, what really is he? He's not an associate pastor. He's not my assistant. He doesn't function that way at all. When he came became. Uh, Uh, on staff last summer he immediately started small groups by in three months we had this the most incredible uh... small group ministry you've ever had in the church and that's the kind of thing that that dennis does he he trains leaders he trains teams he launches programs and stuff that i don't like the word program but ministries and uh... and so we saw him as wes and i as an equipping pastor and so that's his new title dennis is now our equipping pastor i think you see it on the screen there and so I love these guys. We're we're not a hierarchy. We're a team. We work together. And, uh, you know, I don't come up with things and they, they have to go along with it. We, we flesh through this stuff and decide on stuff together. And I love the dynamics. I love the, the checks and balances. And we're also a part of an elders team. That um, And Dennis, go ahead and share about that.
1: Yeah, uh, before I do, I just wanted to reiterate what he just said that there is so much health and strength in in this union. It's almost like a a pale reflection of Trinity. We have a council every single week, and we talk about things strategically, and we have ideas, but never ever will we implement anything in this church unless we have a total agreement on that. Mm
0: -hmm. One one example, exact exact example, is when we did uh, the service order change. It was my idea... I was like, guys, we should do worship after the sermon. And then they were both like, yeah, like no way. And then like after a few <laughs> weeks, they're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And we then we walk. actually talked to some pastors that were like, you know, in, in Illinois and a couple. of, yeah. years, They were like, we actually do that. And it's amazing. And so we were like, let's try it. for the So, so we, we went from being very
1: skeptical about this idea to being more open to actually having faith that it's God doing something. And then we stepped into this together and God has blessed us tremendously. And I just
0: want to add one last thing. This entire thing you're going to hear today happened like this. So yeah. everything that we're going to share with you, we were at some, some things we were on different pages, but now we are in full agreement and fully believe that this is what God has for the church. Yeah. So. It
1: was, it was conceived. There was a good maturation pregnancy and there was a birth. So what yeah. you're receiving today mm-hmm. has been birthed. Amen. It was a labor. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. But it was birthed. Listen, I'm going to yeah. ask you a weird question right now to shift the gears. How many of you right now feel your liver? (laughs) You know what? That's a good sign. You have a healthy liver. (laughs) If you feel your liver, you need to see a doctor. If you feel your kidneys, you need to... This is the nature of internal organs. They do things discreetly as they're supposed to and you don't even notice them. That's how things are designed. Why I brought it up, we have a team of elders and some of you have, we have elders? Yeah, that's, exa- that's a healthy liver. It yeah. filters things out. It, it does a great job. So we would like to introduce uh, a team of our el- uh, elders. Neil, why don't you lead us, walk us through yeah, the so, picture?
2: So Wes and Dennis and I are, are elders as, as, you know, pastoral leaders of the church. Elders, shepherds, uh, kind of the same thing. Uh, moving from Dennis and me, that's uh, Deb Haney. She's a friend of mine. Um, Linda, Steve, and Linda Fry there next to Wes, and then Jim DeKaiser. Um, and these guys meet monthly. Um, we, you know, we do operational day-to-day decisions, and you know, we, I mean, we make a lot of decisions. But these guys are really there with us to make the major decisions. Like if we come with an idea that is going to be a major shift for the church, they really have to be on board with that. And they're not yes men and women. They they really do challenge things. And so um, I just remember, you know, earlier in my ministry, I would come up with these crazy ideas, even a senior pastor, and I'd get a hard no. And I'm really looking back, I'm really thankful that they said no. But, I mean, I love these guys. They're so mature. They're so wise. And, um, and, and I just really appreciate the team that we have. We're elders among elders, and I think plural leadership is, is the biblical design for the new covenant. Yeah, and I want to say as
0: well, like, as you see, we have men and women um, we have husbands and wives. Stephen and Linda are married. Mom and dad are married. Uh, this, this, uh, this spring, we're going to be bringing on two more elders who are also married, and they're in their 30s. And we really feel like we don't want to single parent the church. Um, it's really important to have both perspectives. Um, the Male Lord and calls women to yeah. leadership. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And um, we also really want to have all generations represented uh, in, in that as well, so that when we make decisions— um, it's You get perspectives from every area. Um, yeah. I mean, just as an example, the cafe, when we were wanting to do the renovation, some of the older uh, uh, guys on the team were like, I don't really see the importance of that. I don't really see maybe that it's not worth it. And I think you know the younger people, me and Dennis, uh, we're like, <laughs> we're like, this is actually very important for younger generations. They really value this stuff, and I think that it was a good thing that we did it. Yeah. Uh, and then vice versa. There's other things where it's like, you know, I'm wanting to just microwave the heck out of this, and like, let's do it now. <laughs> and they're like, be patient. Be you know, let's be faithful and. So yeah. Anyway, we we want husband and wife teams because you know it's like a it's a one flesh kind of deal. It's like a two for one. And uh, you know I, I want to say
1: a word about like when when originally uh, Neil and Debbie were there, and then then uh, Wes was there. And Neil goes like will people think that there's might be a nepotism going? You know what nepotism is when the families uh, create alliances of powerhouses to influence things?
2: Yeah, the family runs the business. Yeah,
1: here's a, like, there are, like, three Haney's on the team. I said, dude, I know you and Debbie, so it's actually a uh, checks and balances system because every time you would come up with something, they would say, I don't think it's a good idea, <laughs> So and vice versa. So it's just just to give a word of, like, don't don't worry about it. There's a good, good uh, Yeah, we're not a power block, trust me. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, that's our elders team. There is one person who is uh, on this team or who was on this team this year who is no longer on the team. um, And I just want to give him a shout out. Doug, where are you? Can you stand up for us? He's back here. This is Doug Massey. For those of you who don't know Doug. um, You're going to know him in a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Doug, I just want to say thank you. You right, amen. Literally, guys, I came in with a vision, and it wasn't possible. Doug made it possible. Yep. Literally. So I'm just going to quickly, he was an elder, and he was a part of every decision, but he was and also a part team. of, yeah. and he's on the worship team, but he's, he was also a part of, so far, every renovation that we've done to the church at all. And there are a ton of tiny little projects that I'm not going to name. Like, for instance, he put these blinds up. Like, I'm not going to name stuff like that. But I do want to give you just a quick list of some of the... Um, projects that he's helped out with. He installed the main sign, this truss, the speaker platform that we're sitting on right now, the sanctuary house lights, the sanctuary carpet removal, the sound booth, the sound room, my office, the broadcast room, the cafe, the children's check-in room, the green room, the side stage room, the youth lounge, the youth sound booth, the children's wing kitchen, the children's classrooms, the children's auditorium. I'm not done. The children's bathroom, the children's storage room, the infant care room, the office wing, the office wing ceiling, the cupola, Bro, we love you, man. Thank you, Doug. Yeah. We wouldn't hey, be here without you, brother. Yeah. Uh, I am so thankful for you. Seriously. Man. Like, if, we, if he was our contractor, we would owe him, like, hundreds of thousands Seriously. of dollars. No doubt. So, I mean, you're amazing. Thank you so much. Um, so, now we're going to move into a little bit of a recap of 2022. So, um, yeah, Dad, you want to go ahead and take it away?
2: Yeah. So, I've already mentioned bringing Dennis on full-time in June. What a wonderful thing that has been, um, you know, we, we uh, Wes and Dennis and I meet weekly, uh, t- you know, on Tuesdays, it's our day after staff meeting, and, and we, just being with these two guys, and uh, you know, I, I want to say this about nepotism thing, I brag on my, I brag on Wes a lot, I would do that if he wasn't my blood kin son, uh, just a phenomenal young man, and Dennis, uh, just a tremendous friend, and so Love working with these guys, and uh, I'm so thankful we were able to bring Dennis on full-time. And I want to thank you for making that possible, because what I'm about to say next is absolutely mind-blowing, and it helped to bring Dennis on. We would always, when we were doing the budget of the church, we would always say, okay, what do we think we can do? And then we would plan for that, and we would never meet the budget. So we'd be like, okay, I think we could do 4200 a year, I mean a month, or, or a week, I should say. 4,200 a week, and we'd end up doing 4,300 a week or something. And so this past year, uh, from 2021 to 2022, Wes said, I don't think we should approach it that way. I think we should ask God what He wants us to do and then pray that He would bring the provision. We increased our budget from 4,200 a week to 5,700 a week. That was a 28% increase. And guess what, guys? We made it. We made it. Yeah, we finished twenty twenty two completely in the black. Yeah. So, yeah, in every way. We were. I mean, it was like right down to the wire, and then someone gave a ten thousand dollar offering right at the last week of the year, and yeah. so we entered the the new year in the black. And and so, but I mean, we were really close anyway. But that put us way over. And so uh, I just that was absolutely astounding, and um, and so that was that w- that made us able to bring Dennis on. Um, I mean, giving went up in the summer. That never happens. God is doing some amazing things. But you guys, I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness in helping us do that. Um, Attendance stats. uh, You know, it's interesting that Dennis said, before I come on as um, part of the pastoral staff, I really do think that we should have at least 100 adults in service, average attendance per week and we weren't close to that at the beginning of the year last year and by the first week in, in June we were averaging 104 adults so god brought us over that 100 mark and right now our our average attendance stats are 130 adults per week and average attendance uh, of 165 so we're we're approaching that 200 mark again and and we believe that by you know, the end of the year will be there. So, one
1: of the things I would like to add is like, God is totally destroying patterns known to pastors. Like, things that are known for small attendance Sundays through the year, the one of the biggest for us. Uh, Things that are known for something, well, they're known for something else for us. Like, Things are messed up in a good way here. A week, couple of Sundays, it wasn't Easter, and it wasn't uh, Christmas. All of a sudden, we have like 200 people in the sanctuary. Yeah. Like, how in the world is it happening? We don't know. Middle of the
2: summer, yeah.
1: Every single Sunday, every single Sunday in 2022, there were new people in the sanctuary, whether invited by a friend or just felt like stopping by, mm-hmm. like always throughout yeah. Yeah. the year. So the Spirit that's a sign. is leading people The Spirit here. is moving. Yeah. God is gathering people. Amen. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, all right so mm, yeah last year we gave you a promise that no matter what we preach no matter what we teach any public events we do it's going to be in the context of the gospel of grace it's going to be focused on jesus on his person and on the work he has done have we been faithful to this promise amen thank you and we promise you the same thing for this year And for 2024 and 2025, and until Jesus comes. These are the series of messages we've done union with Christ, the gospel of God, totally based on the book of Romans, unfolding the gospel, mind transformation, Uh, biblical fellowship, right before we launched the small groups. And one of the last ones we just finished for two months, we've been doing this religious detox. And until today, I received so many testimonies how much good it has done to people's souls hearts their emotions their anxieties are decreasing their peace is overwhelming great great stuff happening so as we've done in 2022 our
0: promises we're going to continue to do in 2023 so i i made some um in 2022 on vision sunday i talked about worship and my goals for worship, and it, they were very vague
2: <laughs>
0: and uh, they are they were basically that I wanted to create a culture that had a worship atmosphere that was conducive to people basically people getting right into worship and just connecting with the Lord and um, as a worship director, that has a lot to do with the atmosphere in the room, like with the lighting with you know, the sound people will tell you that it doesn't it, I promise you it does um, but There's also another side, um, which is there's three parts. The first part is the atmosphere. The second part is the preparation of the team. Guys, our team... For how small our church is, our team—the fact that we have so many a concentration of so many talented people yeah. who work so hard—is actually insane. It's incredible. It is, uh, and I mean, our worship team is amazing. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you enough. I've I've been on te- I've been on a lot of teams, and this is the most fun I've ever had with a worship team. Mm-hmm. And I just you know I. Yeah. The, the other part is the spiritual aspect, right, which is a lot of what they do, which is, uh, you know, now we're doing worship after the sermon and there's a, a, a sort of a heart preparation mm-hmm. uh, that happens right before we get into worship. And for me, I, I, I always use the analogy of like a hot tub. I want people to be able to just kind of get into the worship and then just enjoy it, just be there. Um, you know, it's like having our church culture be like a cannonball culture where it's like worship time. Let's just jump right in. You know what I mean? And um, I feel like that's that's happening. I feel like there's a lot like people come ready. There's an anticipation for worship.
2: Have you ever done a cannonball into a hot tub?
0: Uh, <laughs> not into a hot tub. No. Um, the other the only th- other thing I want to say about worship is um, this is really cool. We never coordinate ever songs and sermon ever. Uh, in fact, we typically I schedule like months in advance the set lists, and they prep their sermon the week before and i can 't even tell you it
2: 's like basically every Sunday they line up perfectly. Last week was a perfect example of that. Dennis preached about the priesthood of believers, and the first song it's it, it looked like we had coordinated that. It was amazing. Yeah.
0: So, and anyway. it, we, it, you know, it's just one of those things. It just shows that the Lord is speaking yeah. to the leadership and that we hear His voice and that He's Amen. using us in, in ways like that. So, yeah. Dennis, do you want to share about small groups?
1: Yes. Ready. Last year, one of the goals, one of the tasks that we had in front of us, I, we really wanted to make sure people are getting connected in this congregation, especially taking into account the rate of growth because very soon church becomes like a little city that people don't really know each other. And we don't want that, we want to remain a village because it takes a village to raise a kid. You know that? So we want to have those villages inside of the city that all know each other. And for that we, we launched something we called Connect Groups. Connect Groups is basically the same idea that many churches practice at small groups, but we decided to do it a little differently. We decided to, to make it part of the church culture That's why we did the series, uh, Biblical Fellowship. Mm -hmm. What makes it different? We start at a certain point together as a church. We have a certain beginning. It goes for 12 weeks. And then we stop them. Even if you really, really like your group and you you really want it to go forever, you stop it. You take a break. And then you start it again. So it's kind of semester-based. So we have three of those uh, a year. And in between, we have kind of a loosely associated two groups of men's gatherings and women's gathering, beautiful, beautiful, it works beautifully, Uh, so much good. A lot of people got to know each other just on a normal human level, they know their one another's families, names, kids, situations, they pray for one another, 105 people signed up for the groups, that has never happened before. Uh, five people that were not affiliated with any church, although they uh, identified with themselves as Christians, they've been, uh, they, they got connected with our church and now they enjoy the church life. So that's going to continue. So the next round of those groups will start in March. And I highly recommend every one of you to consider signing up for that group. It's only Amen. 11, 12 weeks and then Amen. you're done. Yep. It's inconvenient To make a slot in your week for the group. But let me tell you, this inconvenience is totally forgotten when you receive all the blessings from fellowship, when the people of the Lord get together in love on each other and love on the Lord together.
0: Yeah, amen. Sorry, I was informed that the reverb was still on on my voice in the live stream and that I sounded like I was talking in a cave, so I had to turn that off really quick. Um, So another thing that we talked about doing in 2022, which we did, um, is um, the renovation. And for those of you who are new or who don't know, um, we did a ton of renovations to the church building last year. We, you know, we, we really talked about, like last year's stuff was really practical. Yeah. Uh, we talked about wine it being skins. like a wineskin yeah. year. Yep. Like this, the Lord is really wanting us to prepare this house for what he's about to do. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm gonna give you guys some before and afters of some of the stuff that we did just so you can see it. Uh, so this is a conference room that is now our cafe, <laughs> and uh, the door that you see right there was the only way into the room. We actually knocked the wall out. Uh, we ran plumbing to it. We did all the stuff. This is one of the this was one of the cheaper parts of the renovation, and this is one for me one of the most impactful spaces we have now. Small groups meet in it. There's a bunch of different meetings that happen in it. There's so much fellowship and community that takes place. And by the way, we
1: forgot to mention, usually we serve coffee before service, and after service, it's over. Today, we make an exception. As we present what we're presenting to you, you might have questions that don't get answered. All three of us are going to be in a cafe today after service, so we extend the time of a cafe operation so that you can come get yep. a cup of coffee or tea, and just chat with us and ask your questions. Yep, yep.
0: exactly. So, uh, and then the next, uh, the next picture, this was the children's classrooms. Uh, they hadn't been updated since when we had daycare, which I was in. So, uh, <laughs> now they look like this, and they look amazing. Uh, and then uh, this room uh, was the children's wing kitchen. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. That room is, was the oldest room in the building. It had <laughs> never been updated in, uh, since it was built in 62. Uh, and it now looks like this. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, this is all Doug, basically. Yeah. So uh, Doug, you're amazing, and yeah. this is so awesome. This is our children's auditorium. This is what it looked like before. Uh, this is what it looks like now. Uh, Once again, clown barfed on it, Uh, very very sleek, very nice. So the two major projects that we did for the renovation were the Courtyard Cafe, which we call it that because it's next to the courtyard, which eventually we're gonna expand the cafe out into the courtyard to have a fire pit and awesome, really cool stuff out there. And the uh, Children's Wing, uh, which we call The Journey. There was one thing we couldn't do last year uh, that we wanted to have part of the renovation. Uh, and that is um, the playground. So for those of you who know, and pretty much everybody in the room does, uh, right in the middle of our renovation, which uh, this is just, I'm just explaining the time frame. right in the middle of the renovation, inflation hit really, really hard. So then instead of a, a piece of plywood being $35, it was now $500. And we were spending basically our whole budget on you know, the, the children's wing and, and you know, getting the cafe finished. And we actually were not able to purchase the new playground. Um, we we I'll explain this later. Uh, we we want to do it as yeah. soon as we possibly can. Right. I mean, I have a, a child who would love to play on this playground. Um, so I mean, and we have over thirty five kids now. So this is a priority for us. Amen. It's just really expensive, and yeah. so we're we're. Um,
2: 40,000. Yeah. Yeah,
0: We, we want to, we want to invest in something that's going to be, I mean, this is like park grade. This is something that can't be vandalized. It's something that can't be removed easily. It's not something that's going to rot. Uh, and you know, we want to make it as safe as possible for the kids that play on it. We don't, we, we don't want to think small basically. Uh, so we're not going to do something temporary. We're going to do it when we can get this and it will be soon. I promise the Lord is providing. So another reason that we couldn't do it uh, was because of uh, the live stream. The live stream costs more money than we thought it was going to, um, but um, this was one of the best investments we've ever made as Amen. a church in terms of what the Lord is using it for. Uh, specifically for you guys, obviously people who can't come and can watch the service, that's amazing. Uh, but it's not just that. Um, it's you know, There's a ton of different people watching this all over the world. I know my in-laws are watching in Germany right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean... People are, are the, hearing the gospel that we're presenting, um, and for those of you who haven't seen it, Mom, you make sure the computer's unmuted. For those of you who haven't seen it, um, this is just a sample of a little bit of the sermon and a little bit of worship. So,
1: over time in the uh, in the history of Israel, these two offices were separated. There were kings and there were priests, and they were different, expressly different. And actually, it was even forbidden to mix them. But in the very beginning, the first time God speaks of His heart's intention, of His, uh, of His design, His idea for His people, He speaks of priests and kings together. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So I don't know. Raise your hand if you actually haven't seen the stream yet. So there's quite a few people. Yeah. Yeah. So that's actually what it looks like. And I I basically told these guys when we were doing it, I said like, because at first they were like, why don't we just buy like a camera and just put it on a tripod? And I'm like, guys, I'm not going to do the stream unless it's like amazing quality. Uh, Because for a lot of reasons, one of the reasons is people in my generation church shop through live streams. And if your live stream sucks, they're not going to come to your (laughs) church. So yeah, Yeah. there you go. That's proof. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I just wanted to quickly give you guys some stats um, on the stream. So uh, me and Lily did some did some stats because uh, you got to think we're we're streaming and then we're posting to YouTube, to Instagram, and to Facebook and to our website.
2: So it's recorded. After it's
0: exactly, and then we do stuff with it, and so so Instagram uh, has reached over forty thousand. Facebook has fifty one thousand. YouTube has almost four thousand, and then our website isn't. It's normal. It's actually more of a landing page. People don't watch the stream on our website. They actually just go to different pages. So we have ninety six thousand views on our live stream, and we've only been streaming for four months. Yeah. So um, that's really significant, and and that. That's 96,000 maybe potentially different people who have heard these guys preaching the gospel, which is amazing. Um, so uh, the, the big thing for a live stream that, that has given us is more of a presence on social media. Um, but there is another thing that we've done, uh, which I don't actually know if any of you know about this. We've actually launched a new international ministry through our live stream. So do you want to share about that just a little bit? Yeah,
1: you know, our messages are like we we preach what we believe and we see it's working in people's hearts and we want more people to have access to that. And I thought, well, I'm Russian, I speak Russian, I'm bilingual, why don't I just start translating those messages and putting them online? I had a private channel on YouTube. So I started doing that and I started with our most recent series, Religious uh, Detox. Immediately I started getting traction. So the very first message of the series got already over a thousand unique views. Tons of comments for people from all over the world, mainly Russia, Ukraine, Kazakhstan, people you know Russian is spoken as an international language between different ethnic groups that were part of the former Soviet Union we 're getting a lot of traction there all of a sudden. you want to see how well Neil speaks Russian? Check it out. <laughs> мы приглашены стать частью этой семьи вступить в этот невероятный водоворот отношений любви speaking in tongues i didn 't realize yeah. that
2: was Russian so, yeah but i 'm telling you
1: like there are, there are a lot of russian speaking people that are now watching and we 're fine tuning the process of yeah. how to do it well we have a german speaking person here in the congregation that we 're talking to of possibly trying that in 2023 and money speaks one of the indian languages so who knows yeah. but the thing is it, it really became an outreach for our church on oh, yeah. international
0: and i want to say like just stats wise so when we repost just the messages on youtube they get around 60 views a week the russian channel gets six over 600 views so it's 10 times more views than our english-speaking channel yeah and which that is thing amazing. keeps
1: working that thing keeps working. oh yeah what is russian generates uh, hundreds of views But as people discover the channel, they subscribe right now to Russian channel. There are 800, uh, almost 900 subscribers right now. Just people who subscribe, but there are always more who just discover it by randomly just Stumble over it. Oh, that was good. I want to I want to hear more of that So you guys are having impact. We guys are having impact internationally right now All right guys uh, that was our recap, overview of 2023, our intentions, 23-2. our 2022, yeah. our desires, our plans, our intentions, and here's the thing. We recently, Wes, uh, Neil, and I, we've, we've done some training by a church growth expert, and he said, come up with one metric and push it, push it to your people, and I said, I'm, I'm so glad we didn't listen to him. <laughs> we actually expected so many different things from God, and we told you every single plan, and Every single intention that was out of our control. We just wanted it from the Lord and we felt the Lord wants it and God has done Exceedingly Amen. and abundantly more. Amen. That's why when we present to you our ideas for 2023 We'll do the same. We'll just give you all kinds of things that we see God is going to do But I'm sure he's gonna do more than that yeah. But before we introduce Uh, our plans and ideas and anticipations for 2023 there's a bigger fish to fry Uh, in june we began to pray and talk and the lord drew our attention to something specific he said guys most of the churches don't even know who they are in the lord Mm
2: -hmm. they don't know their calling they
1: don't know why that specific congregation exists Mm -hmm. you know when abraham was called by god pretty soon he knew he was supposed to give birth to a son and acquire a land. And he did that. Yes. And he knew what God is going to do with that. 90% of churches probably are, have very vague idea what they're about. And they try to copy each other. If they see a successful church, they try to find out what they're doing right so that they would try to implement it and see the fruit of it. And it never works. Mm-hmm. And God said, it never works because they don't know who they are. When God called the slaves of Egypt bunch of slaves, he turned them into the kingdom, into the army, and it was highly structured, and they had a great understanding who they are, one nation under God, Israel, but they had tribes, and each tribe had a specific blessing, each tribe had a specific flag, each tribe had a specific place in the camp, each tribe was supposed to know who they are, what's their task, what are they for. We took time, and we've worked on that Mm -hmm. and as of today we know what tribe we are amen we know our task of the lord our mandate and it's easy for us to communicate today and it's easy for you to know oh this is my bus i'm going to jump on and ride with these guys or oh it doesn't feel like it's my bus i'm going to go find for another bus so here we are we're going to present to you our vision it's not for 2023 it's for the rest of our lives
2: so, excellent, Dennis. In in uh, September, we began to work through a process—a very intense, complicated, but fun, actually. I mean, we we were—I don't know—in in, you know, like like we were really uh, excited about the process that we. I, I I can tell you that working through things like trying to figure out you know uh, vision statements and stuff like that—that that was always like. Oh! But this process that, that we went through with this particular uh, expert that had written this book and, and it kind of walked us through uh, things like, what's your mission? What are your values? What are your strategies? To, to lead us toward what the vision of the church was, we worked through this for about the last four and a half, five months, and it has been invigorating. It has, been, it has solidified so many things in our hearts and minds. We were unified in that process. Um, it has been an absolute wonderful process, and and so, you know, that was one of the things that we, we realized that the Vineyard and our church were headed in different, you know, along different paths, and that's one of the reasons that we decided to depart from the Vineyard Associ- Association of Vineyard Churches, but we really feel like we do know who we are, we, we know why we exist, and... Um, uh, we really do feel like God has, has just given us the direction for our church. And so, Wes is going to talk about... Well,
0: yeah, and yeah. I do want to say, too... Uh, b- before you
1: do, you kind of mentioned departure from Vineyard, mm-hmm. but you never said it clearly. Yeah, just,
2: yeah. yeah We I have
1: it. made the decision yeah. mm-hmm. uh, several months ago that... Mm-hmm. We are departing Mm -hmm. from the affiliation of churches called Vineyard, not because anything wrong with that, but because God is calling us into something specific to be focused on. And some people would hear the word departure, something sad. oh, departure, somebody's flying on the airplane, we'll never see them again. That's not the case. I want you to think of this story in the book of Acts, chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. There were a group of prominent ministers together praying and ministering to the Lord. And the Holy Spirit said, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas unto the work that I have prepared for them to do. And that's how the movement of Christian church planting began. That's why you're here today. So we feel like the Lord is telling us, separate yourself to the work yep. that I have for you to do
0: amen that's right That's good. And I do want to say, too, like, uh, there's a lot of Vineyard DNA that we were we're still going to keep. Absolutely. I can just, like, name just two, like, everybody gets to play, right? That was, like, John Webber's big thing where it's, like, everybody can walk in the gifts of the Spirit and everyone can practice healing and things like that. Or um, that we we live in the here and now, uh, not the not yet, more than, you know, uh, like, we believe that there are miracles and healing and the kingdom of God is here on the earth now. We're not just waiting for it. That's right. And so
2: Vineyard values that, You know, Wimber sewed into the whole movement. We still embrace those exactly,
0: absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And also, I just want to say this one last thing about the Vineyard. Um, It's amazing, and we we, (laughs) me and Dennis always felt like when we would tell people like, "Hey, yeah, I go to a Vineyard Church," and like, "Oh yeah, I know the Vineyard," and then we'd have to give like disclaimers like, "Well, yeah, but so it's like it's like a Vineyard, but it's not like a Vineyard because you know," and so it's like we we just felt like it would just make more sense to actually sort of become our own thing so um we believe god is doing something unique here yeah yeah yeah. and it
1: it always took a bunch of disclaimers to try to explain people that yeah yeah whatever vineyards you experience you probably is going to experience something different here because it's different
0: so um whenever god calls someone into their true destiny um three examples really quick saul becomes paul abram becomes abraham simon becomes peter god changes the name Um, we feel like God did that with us. And they actually mean something. Names mean something. Uh, And so we have, um, we feel like God has given us a new name for our true destiny. It's always been our destiny. God is just calling us more fully into it. Um, So um, I'm really excited to announce uh, that we actually are going to be changing um, our name if this thing can wake up, uh, to the bridge. Uh, yeah. now I know some of you obviously know that that is the name of our youth group. Uh, that, that will still be the name of the youth group. It'll just go as the bridge youth. Um, but we, we felt like the name, the bridge, um, just perfectly like encapsulated all of the different, dude, I'm like hearing my delay on my voice and it's, I didn't notice it until now, and it's driving me crazy. Um, Basically, all it's you'll understand the symbolism in just a minute. But I just want to give some disclaimers. We are not changing at all. Like, I actually heard my my buddy, or Doug Massey, he was telling somebody about the name change, and they were like, man, I was just really beginning to like this place. <laughs> and and he's like, dude, it's the same church. Like, nothing's yeah. changed. The, literally, the only thing is we're actually embracing more fully what Amen. God is calling us that's to be. Right. Yeah. And we're leaving behind the things that we feel like God has separated us from. Yeah. And I just really want to say, too, that, like, we are not the same church that we were five years ago.
1: Yeah, that's another thing. I keep inviting people to this church in the city and say, Which one is this? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I've been there. Like, yeah, Pastor Neil Haney is a pastor. I've been there like about seven years ago. Or, like, oh, yeah, Phil Shank, Phil Shank. Like, oh, we know that church. I said, you don't. Yeah. yeah. We ourselves are learning about this church. It just started three years ago, kind
0: of.
2: Yeah, I just want to say that I do feel like this is a three year old church plant because that's what's happening. Well, and the community
0: doesn't know what's happening here. Right. Right. And the best way to describe what's happening is to call it something other than what it has been called.
2: Yeah, amen. <laughs> yeah. and, so that's and at the
0: moment,
1: I... Brage means nothing to you. But if Neil and I and Wes do a good job explaining, you'll have an understanding what it means, right, why exactly. we chose this
2: yeah. name. Yep, yep. Awesome.
0: So, um, what's next? Church vision. Yes, yeah, so. Come on. Yeah, all right. Neil? Yeah. So. Are you guys doing okay? Is everybody good? I know this is a longer message. I'm sorry about that, but there's just a lot of information. I think it's fun, though. I mean, it's different than a normal message, but is everybody good? We're actually doing pretty
2: good on time, so yeah. Okay, Okay. awesome. Thank you. Are these people over here? Are
0: there there any of you who are really mad that we're calling ourselves other than something that we've... (laughs) 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 I'm personally so excited. I can't wait to show you guys why we chose the name. and all. This is a
2: prophetic name. It is so good. And uh, and so I want to... So... um, as we were pr- working through this process, and in a, in a moment we're going to talk about our mission, our values, our, our strategy, but as, as Dennis and Wes and I were working through this process, the Lord gave me a scripture, gave us a scripture, that I believe is kind of our working model for what we do. And, you know, this is a, prof- uh, a Messianic prophecy from Isaiah, but when Jesus came to fulfill this in Luke 4... Within three or four chapters of, of saying, Hey, I'm here in this, and I'm fulfilling what was written about me in Isaiah 61. Well, he didn't call it Isaiah 61 because King James hadn't been invented yet, but it was in the book of Isaiah. But he said, this is, my, this is my, I'm fulfilling this right now. And then three chapters later, he's giving it away to his disciples to do the same thing. And we believe that this is our calling too. So this is it right here Isaiah 61. Uh, I'll I'll read just a few verses. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the gospel, good news to the poor. And I I think that's poor in spirit as much as anything. Every single way, yeah. But I mean, our calling is to proclaim the gospel to the poor in spirit. He has sent us to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for captives. We do as much inner healing here, ministry here, and deliverance ministry as any church I've ever known of. Um, and, and so uh, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, that's what the gospel of grace is all about. To comfort all who mourn, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of grieving, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Now listen to this. They will Those who have been healed and delivered and set free by the gospel they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So those folks that are released from religious bondage, released from demonic oppression, released from wounds and you know, released from you know, all this stuff, they are, will be a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Listen to this. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. Have you ever known a place... That, that fits that description more than Springfield, Ohio. And God is doing this, by the way. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Guys, I believe that we're a part of something that God is doing in Springfield, in Clark County, in the Rust Belt, and way beyond that. And, and so God is going to use this church to... to, to ripple out in every direction these things here that I've just read. So we believe this is our overarching like scripture that God has given us that defines our, our DNA. Huh? And so the summary of that is restoring broken people to become restorers of ruined cities through the gospel. And that's it. That, that's really it right there. Hmm? Oh, the mission statement. Oh, yes. Okay. So let me just tell this quick little vignette. So, uh... Dennis preached last week, and we always do sermon prep, so we preach to a group of people before Sunday. We preach on Thursday to present on on Sunday, and we critique and all this. Well, about halfway through his presentation of his sermon on Thursday, he started getting a vision of a cloud descending in the sanctuary. He couldn't see the back wall. The lights were kind of streaming through this cloud. He could barely see us sitting on here and he's like, Neil, come up here and look it, at this. It wasn't,
1: it wasn't in the screen of my imagination. I, I seriously thought that Wes is testing his smoke machine or something. <laughs> and like, what's going on? And I, yeah. I barely could see people in front of me. So, and I, and so, I, I got filled with the spirit of God. And yeah. then this guy's like writing something.
2: Yeah, so he calls me up here and he says, look at this. And I'm like, I don't see anything. Wes walks out and he says, Wes, come here. He didn't see anything. But when I sat down the Lord we had been trying to we had gotten every aspect of this process that we had been through except the final vision statement. And as he's having this experience, I sit back down and the Lord downloads, I'm going to show you the graphic in a minute, but the Lord said this is your vision statement, the gospel changes everything. And it, and so Lily had come up with this to go on the back of our t-shirts like 4 months ago. And the Lord said, that's your vision statement. And I'm like, so all of a sudden I had this picture, and we'll show you the graphic in a few minutes here. But that's our vision. The gospel changes everything. The good news of what Christ has done for us and to us and with us, it, it, it changes everything. And so we're going to unpack this. So I'm going I'm to share what I believe our mission is as a church. So this is the first thing we had to come up through in this process. What's our mission? And so here it is. Our mission is moving people from empty religion, which includes paganism. Like, not a, most people don't come to church because they've been burned in some way by by religion. They stay away from the Lord because they've been burned by religion. Like American churchianity has just turned them completely off. And so this includes the lost, but it also includes people that that are church people that just don't get the gospel, and they they're just trying to please God and striving all the time. So our mission is moving people, moving people, key word there, transition from empty religion to heartfelt relationship with a loving God and launching him to their God-given destiny. That's our mission. Yeah, all right. Okay, uh, then we, we, we were asking, what are our
1: values? What are our non-negotiable something to die for and we came up with a list of six which is a little too long for me i think (laughs) we will probably but but number one the gospel of grace will never deviate from that how is it expressed freely you have received freely Freely you give give. it's a gift of god's grace number two kingdom in breakings a lot of it is we inherited from from vineyard. Amen. It's in vineyard DNA. Yes. You believe that you're not a random dude or dudes in this world. You are a vessel of the Holy Spirit who wants to spill over from you to other people. And the primary way to do it is you learn how to prophesy into people's life, how to pray for the healing, expecting God to move and touch them, and how to deliver people from evil forces that might be detected in operation in their life. That's what we believe. That's our uh, value. Another value, next value is presence of God. Amen. Tangible, experiential. Yeah. presence of god god is not just for your head mm-hmm. god is for your entire being your yeah. entire being can resonate to his presence to his smile Amen. <laughs> yeah. to his shining i'm gonna preach myself happy now no i won't uh next one is discipleship whatever whatever christians call discipleship it's overused nobody really knows what it means anymore <laughs> so for us a person would feel included into a family of god he will be and she equipped he and she or they will be equipped they would know what to do and they will be multiplied because they will start doing what they're called to do amen that's discipleship uh next one is unity we do not believe in segregation amen but a lot of people will say we don't have any more segregation like racial segregation yeah we do look around Like people segregate by people they like. They cluster with the people they like and they reject people they don't like and they go against the gospel this way. The gospel unifies people. The gospel doesn't recognize the the difference of the skin color, of your social economic strata, of your education, of your accent. It doesn't. It recognizes Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. Come on. That's unity in Christ. And don't forget gender. Gender. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Yeah. the same thing. Yeah, like uh, God is not God of man and a little bit of women. No. (laughs) He is God of every flesh. Men or women. All right, and the last one is worship. That's what unites all different generations here. We love to worship our God. Yeah. We love to worship and experience heaven on earth through the gift of music. That's why we gather together here. These are our values.
0: So I'm gonna talk quickly about our strategy. Um, As the executive pastor, mine's more practical almost always, Um, but I promise you, this is a very spiritual, um, we got to this point through a very spiritual process, and I want to say as well, this is how our leadership team and our church plans to execute this vision, Mm -hmm. but this is how you personally are going to help us Mm -hmm. execute it, but also how you will personally experience this vision being fleshed out. So uh, the first one, um, this thing... It was working perfectly every time we practiced this. Yeah, uh, right. Preaching the gospel consistently. That's He just showed all of those series that we've done uh, the, the last year uh, and in all the ones to come. That is, We will never stop doing that. It's going to be the nail into your forehead with a hammer every Sunday. This is the gospel, the goodness of God. Um, worshiping with Christ-centered, gospel-focused songs. Um, we have a very specific criteria for the songs that we pick here. And you guys... Um, I love it because, I mean, I get this a lot. But people a lot of times come up to me and they're like, have you ever heard this song? We should totally do this here. And I'm like, I say what I always say, which is obviously joking, but I'm a worship leader, not a DJ. So, uh, no, but I don't take song requests. No, I'm kidding. I honestly probably have heard the song. I I pretty much always have heard the song before, but there just is a a type of song and a song-specific criteria that we have for songs that we will do at this church. Yeah. And it lines up with our vision and it lines up with our values.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, Mostly, I mean, talking about the prophetic part of
0: that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, the next one is uh, releasing the power of the Holy Spirit through prayer and prophecy. That, like Derek today, coming up on stage during worship, that is exactly what I'm talking about. And normally we'd have the ministry team come up and they'd stand in the front and they'd pray for people. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Releasing the power of the Spirit through the, the, through the Word of God. Um, equipping by teaching, training, and modeling. Now, this could you could think this would be preaching, but preaching is its own category. This is actually specifically seminars, uh, trainings, like integrated healing seminar is one of them. We're going to be having one of those again uh, in February.
2: Last Saturday, we did a, a training for the ministry team. Exactly yeah. that's exactly, and then
0: also uh, conferences which we're super excited to share some stuff with you guys I mean I also believe that as God grows our our um, as God grows our church we're going to have things like ministry schools here hosted at this church yeah, amen. Um, and then um, the the second to last one is publishing digital content um, this isn't going to include the live stream for uh, for obvious reasons but also books. We have a lot of songwriters that are writing songs in this church right now that we want to start releasing amazing songs. I mean, God is on some of this stuff. Uh, But another really exciting one that I just want to briefly share it with you about, uh, we really want to start a podcast called Religious Detox and just talk about, have conversations, have guests on, and just talk about this culture of religion that America is just saturated in, that the younger generations are just absolutely opposing, but that older generations, I'm pretty sure, Gene, you were talking to my dad about how you have just basically felt like you've been saturated in religion for like 40 years, and you have to like rework your mindset, and we just want to talk about like how how do we get out of this religion and get into the gospel of grace, Um, and so yeah, we're just like that's the kind of stuff we're talking about, publishing digital content outside of our walls, uh, but then the last one, it's really, really up to you guys. I mean, we invite people all the time, but you guys, friends, family, coworkers, whoever, invite people because if they experience the gospel in this place, it was 100% worth it. And they yeah. will because they preach it every Sunday and we sing about it every Sunday.
2: Amen. So, yeah. Very good. So, um, I want to talk about now the, the, what the Lord showed me in this, in, in this graphic, this vision. Huh? That, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Be, before yeah. we do that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. As we were working on this process, we were looking for images that mm-hmm. because image, you know, a picture speaks better than like thousands of thousand words. words. Yeah. So we were looking for pictures. And when we got to this name, the bridge, it it, it it gives you an idea of transition. It's not a place. It's not a place where you come and dwell and feel good about It's a place that takes you from point A to point B. And I was trying to come up with a visual representation of what is this place A, what is this place B, and the images that came to mind were wilderness and the garden. You know, wilderness is never a place where you flourish or thrive. It's a place of survival, barely, by the skin of your teeth. There is lack of resources. You are surviving. You're not living. It's not life. Amen. And there is a garden, lush, shadow, beautiful, fruit. How do you call, and here's the, here's the religion, what religion does, unlike the gospel. Religion keeps drawing a beautiful picture of a beautiful garden to a bunch of people who experience wilderness in their life. How do you call a picture of a beautiful garden that you keep seeing in the middle of wilderness but never get to experience? What do you call it? A mirage. That's why there are so many people disappointed. They tried it. It doesn't work. Young people are disappointed. They said come through Jesus the reality of God is available to you and they begin to draw this picture but it's always around the corner. It's always in the future. Maybe uh, for some churches it's when you die but that's not the gospel I read in the Bible. When Jesus came he said the kingdom of God has come near. You can experience it now maybe the fullness of it has not come yet but it's here so the word experiential is a big word for us this bridge this transition we don't want to draw a picture of mirage that people won't experience we want people to experience the reality of god's presence in their life
2: through the gospel amen
0: when dennis starts preaching you know he's or when he starts standing you know he's going to start preaching so
2: look yeah come on yeah so so um this this is this is kind of. I'm going, to, I'm going to show you three graphics here, but this is what I saw that Thursday two weeks ago. The bridge. Um, the gospel changes everything, moving people from the wilderness to the garden. And let, let's just go ahead and throw that up there. What we're transitioning people from: sinners, slaves. You know, self improvement program. Uh, should, that should say improvement? But anyway, it doesn't matter. Law, self focus. So, you know, sin and slave religious over to where you're transitioning, transforming people into saints and sons. And, I mean, what we're doing is just the truth will set you free, Jesus said. If you're my disciple, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And so the gospel is the truth that sets us free. So we realize we're not sinners. We're saints. We're not slaves. We're sons. We're not on a self-improvement program. We have a a new life in the Spirit. We're not under law anymore. We're grace. We're under grace. We're not self-focused. We're Christ-focused. And so all this stuff from one side to the other, not sin and slay, but free from sin, not striving, but resting. And so that's the moving trans- transformation across this bridge to, to, uh, into the garden and blessing of life. And we want people to live in the reality of not a mirage, but the garden of these things. And then as, as we get transformed, then we go back over the bridge and bring other people into this reality too. Does yeah, that we, make sense? We,
0: yeah we're we're not Moses. <laughs> yeah. We're not leading people from the wilderness. Come on, I know there's this garden somewhere. Like we're actually like, "Hey, no, we've experienced this garden. You're going to come with us now." Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's
2: yeah. And this includes the, those who don't know Jesus yet. It's true. We want to bring them into this reality as well.
0: Well, and we've gotten a prophetic word about our church that it functions like a train and that people get on and it's going somewhere, right? But people, people might get off. People might go across the bridge and then yeah. go and be launched into something that God's calling them into, their destiny. But there might be people who join the crew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it's, you know, I just love this picture of movement, right? Mm-hmm. The bridge implies you're going somewhere. Amen.
1: All right, so, gosh, you're such a good audience. Yeah, this is, we, We're blown out our time limits, like, miserably, but you're still listening. That's great. We're doing good. Listen, in 2012, I was praying. I was still, back then, I lived in Russia. I was visiting America. I was praying, and I had a vision in color. And by, by the way, those of you who are like, oh, visions, these guys, like, well, uh, we're not weird we believe in the bible we love the bible but we believe god speaks through multiple ways including visions and dreams but i had this vision and i had these two boats two ships and right now i'm explaining how we just explained to you what we are and what we're doing right now i'm talking to you about how we're doing it Mm -hmm. i saw these two ships one was a roman how do you call it galley roman galley if you've seen the movie Ben Hur, you know those that are operated by slaves chain and they're moving their rows in unison and the ship is going through, there's a little sail tail, there's a little blow of the wind, but mainly it's going through this toil, through the slavers, through the through this slaves work.
2: Human effort. And,
1: yeah, human effort, like flash effort. Uh, uh, their efforts, very effortful uh, and all I could see is their muscles and their brown skin under the Sun and there was some beauty to this unison movement and that was it and then the second vision came and I saw a different kind of boat and it was more of a like the one that Columbus came to America and it was white as snow sail it was bright on the Sun And there was a big red cross. And it was filled with the wind. And I saw people on the deck. And I tried to refocus, take my eyes off the sail and see, refocus on the people to see who they are and what they're doing. But I couldn't. You cannot take your eyes off this sail. And the Lord, when it was over, I said, what is it? And the Lord said, like, that's two kinds of churches, two kinds of ministries. Mm -hmm. And friends, I experienced Galilee. (laughs) and I never ever want to come back same (laughs) and I know the movement of the spirit wind represents the spirit when you preach the gospel of grace God begins to breathe with his spirit it's not a work it's an enjoyment it's not a hard toil in the wilderness it's a beautiful journey you you get to participate in the movement of God when you stop being about yourself your ministry your success you begin to be about jesus and amen. what he has done and the work that he has done on the cross and the spirit of god blows that's about how we amen. always plan to do things in this church
0: amen yeah so um, now we're going to quickly transition we're going to blow through this but we're going to quickly transition to our yep. our 2020 guys practicals. have you been
1: able to receive what we just shared Amen. This was the most important part of today's Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Right now we're gonna just rush through yeah. our anticipations and ideas for twenty twenty three. We're gonna we're not gonna elaborate. And after the yeah. meeting is over, we're gonna be in a cafe. Come ask Amen. any questions, whether it's about this big vision, or 2023, sure. all right?
0: Yeah.
2: But right so, now,
1: let's, let's just rush through that, yeah, 2023. Yeah. So
0: what we felt like the verse was for 23 uh, was, so Isaiah 61 is our church's DNA. For 23, we felt Isaiah 35. So yeah, you
2: know that is- so, so this, this uh, Dennis brought this to us. You want to read it? Yeah. Uh, do, do you want me to unpack
1: it, or you want to do I'll, it? I'll just do it real quick. Yeah, go ahead. So,
2: so we believe that in 2023, people will find their desert-becoming gardens Their weakness becoming strength. Their sadness becoming joy. This is what God gave us for this year. And we will walk on the safe and secure highway of holiness provided by God through his grace. It's based on
1: Isaiah 35. You can come home and read it. Listen. It's a prophetic word. Yeah. For you to take hold on, to take hold of.
2: Regardless of what happens this year out there. Very important. This is what's going to happen If you're going to watch
1: TV a lot and base your life ideas and decisions based on what you receive on TV, you're going to not experience this. If you walk with God and you hold on to God, no matter what happens in the world, you're going to experience this. That's
2: right. That's right. Amen.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So um, just a couple of really practical things. Um, We're gonna be doing two conferences this year for the first time ever. Uh, the first one is going to be happening in March, March, Friday, March 17th, and Saturday, March 18th, which is uh, our first ever, what we're calling the Rain Women's Conference. Uh, and this is going to be a big, big deal. Like, this is outside of our church walls, everyone invited kind of deal. Uh, our worship team is going to be leading worship for it. We're going to be having really awesome guest speakers. This is going to be really amazing. Uh, we are um, also, and so save the date. Uh, it's a couple months away, but we're going to be promoting it soon. So, and then uh, also we're going to be having our first ever regional conference here at the Vineyard. Yeah,
1: so, it, it's 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 international regional
0: conference at the Bridge.
1: Yeah, we're doing uh, with with Oops. one of the great speakers, like very influential ministers who preaches like. Take Neil, me, as preachers, put together, put on steroids. That's the guy we're bringing. With a great sense of humor, much better than Neil's.
2: I can start using steroids.
1: Unfortunately, he doesn't speak English, but I will translate for you. So this is going to be the first weekend of June. Yeah. And it's still we're still discussing the details. and There are a lot of logistics to take care of. But please, try to save the date. You'll have a lot of fun, guys. Oh, yeah.
0: It's going to be awesome.
2: Yeah, so so you'll be excited to know that um, in uh, May I'm leaving. Um, I, I'm going to be leaving for three months. It's, it'll be my fourth sabbatical since I've been here and my last sabbatical because I don't think I'll have, be having another one after this, but but um, I'll be gone for three months. Um, we do this, we have it in our policy manual for pastors to, after so many years, to to get a few months away to unplugged from pastoral leadership uh, to attend other churches, to spend time with the Lord. To uh, There's books I want to read. I'm actually trying to write a book, and uh, I hope to finish that book on my sabbatical. Uh, but, there, you know, Devin and I want to do a little bit of traveling. We, we plan to go to uh, Missouri, and I plan to spend some time down at Asbury Seminary just, you know, getting away and spending time with the Lord. So it's going to be just unplugging from pastoral ministry, but I will be back don't think I'm leaving for good in August. Every so. single
0: time he goes on sabbatical, people are like thinking he left forever. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it, sabbaticals are amazing because past, pastoral ministry is so emotionally draining. And this is just an opportunity for them to charge us. This is a really, really good thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah.
2: I've always come back refreshed and ready to the go. Only say, the, only say, the only
0: thing I'll say,
2: we have two sound
0: people. One of them can only do it every other week, and my mom is another one, and she's going (laughs) with him for three months. So we actually need a sound person by May, or more than one. So if you are somebody, even on the live stream, David, if you are somebody who is interested in being one of the sound techs here at this church, please reach out to me. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. Yep.
1: Yeah, all right. So just rushing through that quickly we are not a church of mavericks and lone rangers. So anything and everything that we start or implement, we want to see teams raising up. Leaders that are able to create teams of people excited about what they do and do it. And we bless it. And God actually blesses it. We just say, God, you say amen. We say amen. Amen. And things happen. Amazing things happen. Uh, We want to see more young people. And again, we're going to just give you our anticipations and plans. Some of the things we have some control over, some of the things we don't have any control over. God brings people, we see the growth trajectory, we see the growth trajectory of a specific population, young people. If a a church doesn't have young people, church is dying. You know that, even if it's a big church. So we saw the increase of young people and we anticipate to see more. So young people who are here today, thank you so very much, invite your friends. Uh, women in leadership another thing you don't want single parents uh, you know raising kids it's not a best it's not the best idea we don't want do the same thing to the church. We believe that God pours out His Spirit on all flesh alike. And there are gifts and powerful anointing on women. And unfortunately, because of some religiously informed cultural shackles that they wear, Mm -hmm. they're not rising to their calling. And we want to break and destroy those shackles. So you will see some women speaking powerfully in the anointed way. Thank you very much. Uh, Women. If you know in your heart God has called you to serve, to minister, to speak, to preach, to teach, come to us yeah, we will help you even yeah. if you're timid but you know it's there come, come on. you will see women rising in this church within amen. this year and years to come amen. that's important yeah. yeah and uh have I done what I was supposed to do well, I yes think so i mean
0: basically what, one of the things is going to share is we're going to continue doing small groups like and that's going to yeah. def- yep, yep, definitely yep. going to happen yep. so i, I just want to tell you guys we are growing and if we keep this growth trajectory by next year we will not have enough space in the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. So please pray for us for wisdom, but also be patient with us as we navigate growth, growing yeah. pains. Yeah. Um, like, for instance, not enough parking space in the parking lot or not enough seats in the sanctuary, potentially having to do multiple services, that kind of thing. Um, I mean, we don't have enough volunteers to do that right now. So we need people. We need resources. We need money because our parking lot needs. not only doesn't need completely torn up and repaved, but it needs to be bigger. So uh, there's a lot of things that we're asking God to provide for us. Um, In fact, actually, we have, the playground is one of them. We have what we call our capital reserve wish list. It's literally like a list of projects that Let's just say our vision is bigger than our provision at the moment. And we're just praying that God will help us do some of these things. What the podcast is one of them, for instance. It's like $3,000 of the equipment that we need to start this podcast so that we can actually start doing this monthly, you know, talking about um, the gospel. And um, it's just an example. Or the playground or the, the parking lot, different stuff like that. So um, just pray for us as we grow. And I just want to say one last thing about growth. It's really, sometimes I know people say like big, I don't want to be part of a big church you only think that because those churches do a really poor job of connecting people. Mm -hmm. And I promise you that we will go out of our ways to out of our way to prioritize connection and facilitating relationship because you're going to stay in a church that you have friends. You're not going to know everybody in the whole church, right? But you're going to stay at at a part of a church where you have a a group of friends that you love and you go through life with. And that happens through connect groups that happens through lots of other things. So as we grow, one, just be patient with us. But two, trust me, this is going to be amazing. We're, We're striking the ground with the arrow a lot of times, mm-hmm. and God's about to do some amazing stuff here. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, thank you so much for being here, and uh, we, we just love you guys. We're so excited to be in, in pastoral leadership here at this church, and uh, I've been here 35 years, but these last two years have been just the, the, the best so far, and I just expect things to get even more exciting. So just receive the benediction this morning. I just bless you with this. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Go in peace and be safe. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening. As you just heard, we are changing our name from Vineyard Northridge to The Bridge. We are excited about this new future we feel the Lord has called us to run full speed into. As the rebrand happens, our name will begin to change on all digital platforms. So please give us grace as we make this transition. For more information about our church, head on over to our new website, thebridgespringfield.com.